It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show. A moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real-life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland. Welcome to this week's episode titled My Child Has Cancer with my special guest, Adriana Lewin. Now, Adriana is the founder of FamilyChemotherapy.com. Adriana created this website to be a resource for individuals that were going through the same thing she was going through. Her four-year-old was diagnosed with cancer. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome to the show, Adriana. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me on. My name is Adriana Lewin. I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. And a little bit about myself, basically, um, I grew up in Texas my whole life in the little, well, it's not such, it's a small town, Allen, Texas, but everybody's heard of us because of our super giant football stadium um, and one of the largest bands in the nation. Um, so that's where I'm from, and I have three kids, um, six, four, and two years old. Ooh, you're and busy. I, yeah, I'm very busy, um, and I have, I am married. Um, I married my best friend, and he's just amazing, and I'm very blessed that we are married, and um, my, I guess part of the reasons why, you know, we got in, commun in communication with one another was because... Um, I have been through quite a bit in the past few years, and one of those being that my now four-year-old son was diagnosed with cancer last year on the night before Thanksgiving. He was diagnosed with um, rhabdomyosarcoma, and it's been a crazy year for us, and, you know, having to deal with chemo with a child during a pandemic has also presented its own challenges, but... Um, he is actually doing well. His last scheduled chemo is next Monday. And after that, we do final scans and we test to see if um, we're checking to see if everything is clear. And if so, then we get to say that we're officially off treatment. So yeah, we're pretty, pretty ready for the next stage. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, my, yeah. My prayers are with you. Um, Thank you. I can't even imagine what you're dealing with and going through, but uh, my prayers are, are yet with you. You know, I I was introduced to you, connected in a group, and I was fascinated by what you do. And I said, I have to have you on the show because Breathe Again is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Because when we're going through, at times we feel like we're the only ones that are going through. We feel we're alone, no one understands. We're by ourselves because 
a lot of people aren't as vocal as yourself or, or, or myself and we're not out sharing and people are kind of in their own little world and their own little bubble. And I believe when we go through, we have to help other individuals. And so that's what led me to you and what attracted me to you. So you have a graphic on your website and that is family chemotherapy and it's familychemotherapy.com. Is that correct? Correct. All right, listeners, if you're listening right now and you want to go over there and check out familychemotherapy.com, I want you to come back, though, so don't stay long. (laughs) We want you to listen to the show, but I do want you to connect um, with Adriana and see what she has going on and, you know, help her and forward it to people that really need to hear from her because, she is really doing a service for, for individuals that are going through. But you have a graphic on your website and the caption reads, you never ever forget the day you first heard the words, your child has cancer. Yes. Can, can you take me back to that day, Adriana? Oh, wow. Um, as I mentioned, it was the day before Thanksgiving. And during that week, um, Well, I say during that week, but it literally had been almost a month of me going to doctors multiple times in a week saying something's up, something is off. I'm just sensing, you know, that something is going on. And something I didn't share with you is that um, a year prior to that, my younger brother, who was one of my closest friends, and we were both um, very, like, we were both kind of came back to Jesus during college and we were each other's roommates during college and had the same friends. Well, my brother a year prior in 2018 had passed away uh, very unexpectedly. Um, Basically, they weren't able to determine what happened. And they basically said it was just brain death with an unknown cause. And so that was really traumatic. Um, Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, It was just very traumatic. It was, you know, my only experience, honestly, with a loved one close to me passing away and not having answers just created this anxiety in me. Um, So I was constantly on watch for myself and, you know, so kind of fast forward to last year, my, at then he was three years old. He was telling me, mom, my eye and my uh, head hurts. And it was a day after he had gotten a bump on the head and you know, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe he got a concussion. Uh, even though we watched him closely the day before, we're like, okay, well, he's still complaining about it the next day. And I don't understand why he was complaining about his eye. And in the back of my mind, I had what had happened to my brother kind of, you know, lingering. And so I really started pushing for answers because I had a lot of anxiety. And so I got brushed off multiple doctors. Um, I actually had one doctor tell me that I was hyper-focusing on the asymmetry in his face because at that point, nobody else would be able to notice it except for my husband and I, unless we like pointed it out and we're like, man, his eye looks a little asymmetrical. Uh, It was just kind of slightly, it looked like puffy, just a little puffy Mm -hmm. on one eye. And so, um, yeah, they told me that it was, you know, I was hyper-focusing and I'm like, I have pictures like... I know That's my child. I I not. nursed him. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I live with him. Yeah. I'm like, I know my child. Every ounce, every little tiny inch of his body, I'm, I know okay. it. And so, um, 
it took me about a month to get someone to finally listen. And I really tell you, I really feel like God's hand was in all of it because from the time that that Monday before Thanksgiving, I basically had this prayer to God and I was like, God, everyone's brushing me off. I feel like I'm crazy. I feel like my brother's loss is just like really messed with my mind and I feel like something is wrong and I need answers and I need someone to listen to me because at this point I've gone to different specialists and I can't get anyone to take me seriously. And I had done a lot of research, Dr. Google, and I had an idea of what was going on, but I didn't think that it was cancer. You never really go to cancer. I was like, oh, he's probably got maybe a tumor, but I didn't think it was cancerous. Um, and so when we got an MRI, we're on our way home. And I literally remember exactly where we were when we were exiting the highway, when I finally got the call. And I was thinking it was just a courtesy call from our, it was the ophthalmologist who actually ended up getting the MRI requested. And I thought she was just giving us a courtesy call so that we didn't have to wait until the following Monday, um, being that it was Thanksgiving weekend. And um, I heard it in the car, you know, she said, the radiologist feels very strongly that um, there is a mass that's indicative of rhabdomyosarcoma. So you need to get to an emergency room, um, the closest emergency room for children's uh, as soon as possible. And time is of essence. And she said, I wish I could give you um, information for, you know, like her specialist that she would refer me to. But unfortunately, because they were on vacation for Thanksgiving and it was five o'clock in the afternoon, she's like, you have to go to the emergency room. And that was the day that we found out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that day we sat in the emergency room for five hours. Um, We didn't get home till shortly after midnight. And basically they sent us home and said, everybody's on vacation. Like all the specialists are on vacation. You have to wait a week before you can get a biopsy done. And that just didn't sit right with us. And so on Thanksgiving day, even though I was providing the main dish for, you know, the family, Mm. I just sent it off and I said, I'm sorry, I just can't come. Like I, we've got things to figure out and I just don't feel like I can really be in the presence of other people without bringing down the mood of everyone else. And so um, that evening, we ended up going to Houston. Uh, We drove the four hours. We just decided, like, okay, I really felt like God had put it on my heart that I needed to travel to Houston and that he would just open the doors for us, that he would move somebody's heart enough to bring, like, a doctor, a very special doctor, because it had to be a specific surgeon which is super specialized, which is called an oculoplastic surgeon. And so, uh, you know, I just felt like God had said, I will move someone's heart. You just show up. And, you know, in those moments Mm. you think, is this like just me being optimistic? Is this the Holy spirit? Like, what is it? You know? Um, And so I were being led. Yes. And so I definitely told my spouse, I said, Hey, if we go and nothing comes of it, then I just want you to be sure that you're okay with the traveling down there. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and on our way down there, even though we didn't know a single person, um, somehow one of my friends got 
one of my closest friends was like, oh, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, we're driving to Houston. And she said, oh, well, let me call my brother who happens to be a nurse. But she didn't even know that he was a pediatric nurse. Oh, my goodness. And so she calls me. And she said, hey, so my brother used to be a pediatric nurse on the oncology floor. Yeah. What? Yes. And then, oh, it gets better than that. So she said, um, not only that, but he actually stopped working there like a year or two ago. And so she said, but now he works in ophthalmology. <laughs> so oh yeah, like <laughs> literally, like, I mean, I still get goosebumps when I talk wow. about it because, you know, what are the odds that this person, like one of the closest friends in my life yeah. actually had a connection. She had no idea what her brother did. She was like, I don't know what he does. <laughs> he's a nurse. Yeah, he's a nurse. <laughs> so um he ended up connect like getting our MRI results over to some of the doctors and the head of the um, ophthalmology department there in Houston, Texas Children's. He came in on his day off. He brought in wow. an oculoplastic surgeon. And when we were in the emergency room, um, the next day they said, you know, the emergency room people said, I know that the ophthalmology department is telling you that y'all are going to have surgery, but that really doesn't happen that way. So don't get your hopes up. You know, it may not be today. And literally 30 minutes later, they could come back and they're like, this never happens, but you guys got squeezed in in between two surgeries and mm. you were having a surgery, you know, biopsy oh today. So, you know, once all that happened, um, I like, I already knew at that point that something was up, right? I mean, they told us it's probably cancer. And you're still holding out hope during that time. Like, okay, maybe sure. they're wrong. Maybe it's benign. But that day it was, you know, it was confirmed that it was definitely malignant. And um, those, those few days were crazy. Like, but I definitely felt God's hand in every single moment along the way guiding me. And so there's like this mixture of emotions of like sadness, but then also like, gratefulness for him leading me and Absolutely. for me actually listening. Yeah. It just sounds like your steps were being ordered Yeah, and he was directing your path and he was guiding you and everything that he does is strategic. And just by you telling me this, everything was put in place just for you. Oh, wow. It's, that's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the God that we serve. And when you say you had mixed emotions, it goes back to you, you were worried, you were concerned, but you had like a sense of peace because it wasn't like you had to continue to, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because it was all set up for you. That's just the God that we serve. And I'm, I'm just excited for you just hearing. Yeah. I know the God that we serve and I know that definitely his hands. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So how did you keep it together? You know, you have the news, you, your steps are definitely being ordered, but you're still a mother. You still have other children. You still have a husband. How did you keep it together and really be the strong one for your child and for yourself? You know, that's a really um, tough question. I think part of it is you're kind of in shock when you're going through it. At the same time, because of the sequence of events and just how much I felt like God had led us to a certain point, I just had, I had the sense that God didn't 
open these doors for us, for us to have this like tragic ending, I guess. Mm. And I don't know if that's faith and hope mixed together, you know, because sometimes it's just really interwoven and intertwined and hard to really separate and differentiate. But um, I feel like I just had a, I had hope that things would get better. Um, We had to leave my two other children back here in Dallas while we traveled to Houston. And that was hard. And then once, you know, um, once we realized everything that we were going to be going through, um, it sunk in and it was hard. And even though you have faith, like there's still that fear because for me, having had lost my brother a year prior and just wishing on this miracle, because one thing about my brother was that he actually, he died for 24 minutes and they brought him back to life. And I was like, it's going to be a miracle. He's going to be a walking miracle. And he just never woke up from that. And so seeing, you know, having this faith that things will be fine because I mean, he brought my brother back to life after 24 minutes of being dead. That just um, made it so much more real to me that my son's life was really on the line and not knowing really what God's plan is, you know, it, sure. it could easily entail me suffering. Um, and I still think, you know, to an extent, I, I feel like I still suffer through this part of being a, a mother with a child with pediatric cancer. Um, even though my child is what they consider NED, no evidence of disease, um, there's still a lot of suffering involved in that. But, you know, the idea of potentially being a grieving mother who has lost a child, like that was really real to me. And I had already felt grief through someone that I love very dearly that I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to survive this? Um, but I knew throughout all of this, like, no matter what, I would never turn my back to God because he had made himself so known to me throughout the past 10, 12, 15 years that I was just like, there's no way I could turn my back to God. But knowing that he may be calling me to suffer in a way that I don't want to, like, it was hard, you know? Um, But you just pray and cling to, or I've prayed and cling to hope is really what I've I've done. And part of also, I think part of the way that I work is I put my grief into action. And so when that's basically how family came, family chemotherapy got started is because I felt like there was this need and I was going through something and I couldn't find something that I was needing to help me calm my anxieties or just feel like I'm connected to somebody in a way that they understand what I'm going through. And so I decided, you know what, I, I mean, I've got a counselor hat. I might as well put it on and use my experience and kind of direct some of that, some of those fears, anxieties and emotions that I'm feeling and put them into words so that other people can relate to it and hopefully find a sense of comfort in their own path that they walk when they're dealing with pediatric cancer. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Ask you, how is he doing right now? Um, Is he thriving? How is he at this moment? You know, he's actually pretty good. Um, He's one of those people who he never complains. 
Mm. He's never complained about pain. If he does, then we know that he's like in serious pain. Um, he had to do, he had to do chemotherapy and radiation and the radiation has caused some side effects that we're having to kind of manage still. Um, and he, it's getting a little bit more physically difficult on him, the chemo, as we get near the end. Um, he was actually in the hospital this past weekend. Um, it's just, it takes a toll on their body, but his spirits are always up. Like he loves, he's like really, his personality has actually blossomed and thrived through this all. Like he has become his own little self, mm. um, really gained a lot of confidence and just the way that he talks to other people like before he wasn't not that he was shy but he was just a little more reserved with adults he would just kind of wait and watch you know like if to see if they were safe mm -hmm. kids he would kids he would play like normal but the the adults he was always just observing to see if they were safe and now like he gets in a he gets around an adult and all he wants to do is make them laugh and he wants to be super silly and so um he has thrived in those in different areas even though physically maybe there's like that you know, certain things that he struggled with, but overall he's done so, so well. And like, we're just very blessed that we're here at this point where we're able to say we're one week away from the last hopeful, you know, last treatment. Yeah. 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 So. That's exciting. It really is exciting. Um, you know, breathe again is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solution. So we talk about the issues, but we, we want to give encouragement and inspiration and provide some hope for individuals. So we know that a parent, a mother or father, was given a diagnosis on this day um, about their child having cancer. Tomorrow, somebody will get the same diagnosis. What would you say to that parent, that, that mother, that father, that really does not know what in the world just happened? What did they just tell me? What encouragement would you provide to them? What would you say to them if they're listening right now? Say probably the number one thing would be um, outside of, you know, pray and have faith and cling to that faith, whatever it is, because I know some people, you know, may not be Christian um, and some people are, but whatever it is that helps you remain positive and filled with hope and faith that things will turn out better, cling to that. Um, and then second of all, your story is just that, your child's story is his, his or her own unique story. And you can't sit there and compare it to another family with the same diagnosis because every child is so unique. God made us each individually so unique. And one person's story is not going to line up with somebody else's story. Your life experiences are going to be so different. And so it's easy to get discouraged when you become part of this community because we're surrounded by people who are losing children almost daily. And you see that and it's so, you you really begin to internalize that because you, you're in it and you're wondering, is my child going to make it? Um, but clinging to faith and taking time to have uh, self-care, you know, practice self-care and to also remind yourself that your child's story is unique and miracles do happen. 
Um, no matter what, you can have someone who had a really terrible, what they call prognosis, right? Where they, they weren't expected to survive. They're saying it's terminal and God has healed them or their body has healed them, whatever, right? I'm a spiritual person. So I believe that God has healed them and, Absolutely. and created this miracle in that person for whatever reason, whatever the purpose is that he has in mind, whether it just be a testimony of God's greatness and his glory and the power of prayer and faith. Um, but there are also people who, you know, may have had a better prognosis who haven't made it. And so it's really, you know, to our detriment to compare our stories to somebody else's. And so just remaining optimistic and hopeful and knowing that no matter what you can make, you can make it through whatever God has intended for you. And whether it be suffering um, through the loss of a child or through the long-term treatments that come after um, chemo and radiation and all the other treatments are done, you can make it through just taking it one day at a time and allowing yourself to have moments to feel like it's okay to not be okay um, because it, you don't have to pretend to be strong and you don't have to be strong every time. It's, this is something really hard that we're going through. And so those would probably be the, the main things that I would encourage somebody else going through this to, to keep in mind. Very good. And where does your hope come from, Adriana? My hope comes from the Lord. Um, he has literally directed everything in my life. And, you know, there's, I like to call it like God is flirting with me, right? Um, I think he flirts with me through certain scripture verses. And I, my number one scripture verse, um, I'm like sharing it with everyone. And I tell even my husband, so now he's got different ways to know when I pass away, he knows exactly what to put on my tombstone because he still doesn't remember. <laughs> but um my favorite scripture verse is Psalm 73, 25. And the day my child, like that Thanksgiving day, I went to go create some, you know, my own version of Thanksgiving since we weren't going over to family. I stopped by Walmart and picked up some veggies and stuff so that we could have at least a dinner. And my mom called me that day and she is sitting there talking to me. And she said, Oh honey, by the way, you know, I got a message from, a family member that has, doesn't really communicate with the rest of us. He just kind of communicated with her and shared the scripture verse. And she starts reading it to me and she speaks Spanish. We speak Spanish. And so she's speaking in Spanish to me and I'm like, mom, what scripture verse is that? And she's like, Psalm 73, 25. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Like wow. it God's <laughs> way of just telling me like, I got you. I've got you. Like this is because if you don't know that scripture verse, basically I'm going to, I'm going to like totally mess it up, even though it's my favorite scripture verse. I'm uh -huh. like, but, um, basically it's, um, who have I in heaven besides you? Earth has nothing that I want beside you. Um, I know I'm messing this up basically though. My, oh my gosh, though my, uh, how does it go? The, the power. And it's who am I in heaven, but you. And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the rock and strength of my heart and my portion forever. There you go. Yeah, that's the amplified version. So that's the scripture that you stand on. Right. 
And so for her to read that, and my mom doesn't know that's my favorite scripture verse. And it's just like the most random way that it, that she starts telling me this, you know, oh, this email that I got that was supposed to encourage her because mm-hmm. nobody else knew about the diagnosis at that point. Um, it was supposed to be for her to encourage her because of my brother's loss. And she's sharing it with me. And I'm like, mom, that is my scripture verse. Like wow. that, is, that is God speaking through you to me, you know? Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I just, I feel like God has really been there every step of the way and just that subtle voice that's like, yeah, you might be crazy. <laughs> like this voice in my head is like, is this real or is this not? But like, you know, He's definitely real. He is definitely yeah. real to you. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, family chemotherapy um, and what will individuals get when they go to the website? Um, who is it for? What resources do you have out there? Um, what, tell us a little bit about family chemotherapy. So family chemotherapy is a blog. There's also a portion on there that leads to the podcast. And so it's basically resources for families going through pediatric cancer. Um, and there will be topics in there that we go through because once we like in, once your child is diagnosed with pediatric cancer, there's a lot of focus on getting the child well, but the whole family system is impacted. And when you're looking for resources, there's not a whole lot of people who are trained or familiar with pediatric cancer. And so my goal with family chemotherapy really is to validate what people are going through let them have topics such as, you know, when our friends ghost us because our life has changed and people just stop talking to us. Um, have you experienced you know, that? Yeah, I have. And I've, I've had that from family as well, you know, unfortunately. Um, and so when people close to you who are in your circle ghost you, things like that, like there's, it's like we grieve not only what's going on in our life with our child, but also, externally our support system and our family and so it's just a place for people walking through pediatric cancer to find resources that deal with topics relating to our mental health basically when they're when they're going through pediatric cancer wonderful and what's that website it's www.familychemotherapy.com Wonderful. That's familychemotherapy.com. You know, Adriana, that's been our time. I'm just so grateful that you stopped by the show and you shared uh, your story, your son's story, and um, the resources that you have and what you created for others, because it sounds like it's a place where like-minded individuals can come together and not feel strange, um, not feel they're alone, and other people that's dealing with the same thing can understand their walk and their talk. So thank you so much for reaching back and helping someone else. And you also, you you know, it's not free. You have overhead and things of that nature. If individuals would like to donate, how would they do that? Because I understand that it's money to continue to do what you do. Yes. Um, So on the website, there is an area where you can donate and become a sponsor. Um, I have a patron account as well. And so it's, 
it's all underneath that one specific tab about sponsorship um, on the website. So thank you so much for for pointing that out because yes, you're right. It it does it's an overhead, but you know what? It's it's a passion project, and at this point, um, I will continue to provide it as long as God wants me to. So. Amen. Amen. And on that note, we're going to close. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me.